Greetings and welcome to the SideQuest Heroes podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Clive Cookson, alongside the Aaron Greenberg to my Phil Spencer. Ray Hogg, how are you doing today, Ray? I get that reference. Do you get that reference? <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> I'm very well, thank you very much. <laughs> how are you? I'm very good, thank you. I love Aaron Greenberg, so do take that as a compliment, by the way. Mm. But not only that, we are joined by two very special friends of the show, and now officially the very first returning guests to our show as well, strangely enough. First talented author and video game narrative designer, Brian Lealis. How are you doing, Brian? Welcome back. How are you, Clive? How are you, Ray? Hello. Everybody, nice to be back. <laughs> and obviously, next up is cosplay extraordinaire, video game UI UX designer, and one half of the Dystropia podcast, Johnny Lynch. How are you doing today, Johnny? I'm doing fantastically. I'm here with Brian, who is the Mr. Fantastic to my Joker. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> I also get that reference. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think, I was trying to mix Marvel and DC and I couldn't think of anything good with Marvel. It was a long stretch. No, right. Absolutely brilliant. Yay! I was trying to find two characters that would never meet. <laughs> never say never. It's a weird time we live in. Yeah. Well, today we've got a great show for you. Today we'll be discussing some latest gaming news, including Republic of Ireland is in level five lockdown and how will that affect obtaining new next gen consoles? Assassin's Creed Valhalla expansion will be taking us to Ireland. On the Ireland. Yeah. The tourist video game will run at 4K in the Xbox Series S and 6K on the Xbox Series X, which is very interesting considering a lot of people didn't think the Series S would be capable of 4K. Then we got the first image of Tom Holland as Nathan Drake, which some people like, some people don't, but we'll get right into that. Then we will dive into the main topic of the show, the best video game controllers of all time. We'll get right into all that right after this. Welcome. If you didn't know, this is the SideQuest Heroes Podcast, a podcast where we talk about everything video games. If you like the sound of that phone, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all those other kick-ass podcast services available online. On top of that, we're also on Instagram. You can find us there using at SideQuest Heroes and follow all of our video game-related shenanigans there, post some comments, and do let us know what kind of topics you'd like us to cover in the future, because we're always open to ideas. Now, before we get into the episode, it is time for that segment, which I like to call... What you been playing? Come on. What you been playing? What 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 you been playing? What what? So I'll actually start off with you, Brian. What have you been playing recently? I have been having a lot of fun with a game called Deep Rock Galactic. In case you haven't heard of this one, it's it's on. I think it's on all platforms, maybe except for the Switch. It's on. I'm playing it on PC. I know it's on Xbox and PlayStation. It's by Ghost Ship Games. It's like their main game that they're working on. So the way this game works is you're a bunch of space dwarves. Um, it's a cooperative game, first-person shooter style. What you're doing is you're going onto uncharted planets trying to find precious minerals. You're working for the world's worst company. They hate you. They don't care about you. They're the cheapest. Uh, they give you the crappiest gear. Amazon. They stick you down there. You're putting your life... Yeah, we've all worked for a company like this, I'm sure. And the best way I can use to describe it is kind of like if Left 4 Dead was a little bit of a comedy game and you also had <laughs> some stuff to do aside from survive. So you drop down onto these planets. There's like Starship Trooper style alien bug monsters chasing you around. And you're like, you're just grabbing all the, all the best precious minerals and, and things uh, and trying to survive. The best thing about it is you, you're like one of four different types of character. So you can either be dude with big turrets who like defends everybody. Uh, you can be this dude with a big drill who also has a flamethrower to just melt all of those bug alien things. 
things. You can be this dude who builds platforms for everybody to get around more easily, or you can Hang be on this a second. Guy. You said there's a guy with a flame chore and a drill. Yeah. Please tell me he has a special move called fire drill. <laughs> there has got to be He's a one in there on. somewhere. Is That's he one of the man, house perfect. robots from the old robot wars? What is this guy? <laughs> Sir, kills a lot. It functionally sounds like the scene in uh, Lord of the Rings where they said they dug too deep and it just cuts back to dramatization. <laughs> this guy's just... <laughs> <laughs> Dwarves going mental. My favorite thing about this game is like, um, aside from, it's, it's really fun playing cooperative together and like and surviving. But between levels, you can go to the bar and just have pints mm-hmm. and turn on music and just do loads of stupid dances and stuff. It's great fun. If you haven't played it, I recommend it highly. Um, and it's actually, I just found out there the other day that it's coming to game pass uh, next month so anybody who doesn't have it check it out that's deep rock galactic super fun will that work on my piece Brilliant. of crap laptop uh, probably not it'll work on your xbox one s when you get oh, them nice well i'll see you at the pub if and when you get it <laughs> <laughs> johnny what about yourself very superficially, I downloaded Hades, which is a game by Supergiant. I say superficially because I've only just... I, this is me always looking for games that will run on a Mac. And I like downloaded and played it for a couple hours. The art style, everything to do with Supergiant games. The guys who did Bastion and Transistor, it's always gorgeous. Um, the soundtracks are always absolutely amazing. They always put together such a beautiful experience. Um, I think Mondo set do all the soundtracks on vinyl at this stage for the the old games so but it's it is a roguelike where you um it uses the kind of classics hades athena all the all the kind of iliad and ancient greek uh kind of as stuff as a backdrop but it's got this comic book mike mignola style like hellboy and it's just really gorgeous like the every axe swing and sword swing and every little move in it like feels amazing you start off just kicking the shit out of big creatures and and monsters and stuff, being like, all right, I'm already super powerful. And then you just continue to power up for as long as you can stay alive. Is this the game where uh, other everyone's th- swooning over the gods? If you've seen a game where there's a three-headed dog character who's in love with you, that's a slightly different game where the Cerberus is three ladies who loves oh, you. Right. <laughs> is that the one? No, no, that I, the just, one I know that people of? have been playing some game recently. It's like a dungeon crawler where like your main protagonist is like a, a god, but he's like, built and yes toned. i absolutely i am consistently swooning over the main dude <laughs> in this <enough>. game. <laughs> he's, a, he's like a six-pack anime dude with like head of cro- head of chrome ray where he's got the two different colored eyes and all this kind of it stuff it is the game i'm thinking of so uh, pretty much johnny basically yeah. yeah the the other game i'm playing is the new photoshop photoshop 2021 because it has all this cool it's got basically all of the face filter stuff you can take a picture of yourself and then just use all the sliders like in a, a, a character customization really to just move your eyes apart or back together so move your weird. nose higher or lower what just built in now it's like oh you want to you want to just adjust your face or like if you're facing away from camera they can just turn your face back towards camera with ai uh, like creepy. neural network assisted stuff on the creative so it, cloud thing or yes it's just it's if you've got a subscription to photoshop or adobe it's the latest one it does not work if you've got a beard and glasses it, they, <laughs> the computer takes some mad guesses as to where your mouth should be it's like that face swap ad or thing it's like it's okay if you have a beard it can kind of work with that but if you wear glasses there's no point doing a face swap yep it's it's they're really hoping for the best but that's that's what i've been doing awesome awesome brilliant what about yourself ray i know you've been getting into the halloween spirit as per our Instagram yeah page. i i hate myself and by hating myself i punished myself by playing resident evil 7 in vr <laughs> it's still <Yeah>. terrifying <laughs> like i properly can't play please stream that i i, I just i can't do it like I've, i play about an hour or two of it and then it's just like 
nope, putting this down. I can't take this anymore. Because um, I'm literally, I have a gun out in front of me and I'm walking around corners, like creeping around them, and actually putting my head as far around the corner without actually moving my body. It's really good. It's still one of the best um, PSVR games I've ever played. Like, it actually just looks great. Obviously, the PSVR, it has a little bit of that screen door effect. So at some points, textures can kind of make you a little bit sick. Same thing with, uh, I was playing Minecraft in VR, and my VR legs are not back yet. Um, <laughs> I'm not used to visually moving while standing still. It's I, very unusual. I get vertigo in Minecraft at the best of times when I dig down accidentally <laughs> and just end up falling. Yeah. If that happened while I was in VR, I would scream. I, I had an experience like that last <laughs> week when I was playing. I was telling Clive about it where I came across like a random mine hole in the middle of the world, and I just peered over it, and I was just like, Nope, I'm not playing this. <laughs> just turned it off. I'm not playing this. <laughs> jumped in, right? Uh, I don't think I could. <laughs> just too much of a chicken. Um, but to keep in the Halloween spirit as well, I also started playing Resident Evil 2 Remake. Um, I'd already done Claire's A story. And canonically, I think you're supposed to play Claire story A and follow up with Leon story B. So I've just started Leon story B and I've literally just got out of the police station where you do it a little bit in the sewer or the, underneath the police station where you loop around and come back up. And that's where I kind of stopped. I had my first encounter with Mr. X as well, which is not pleasant. But that's me for the moment. Clive, what Very about you? Good. I have uh, gone back to Rocket League because I know they went to that free-to-play model, mm. which actually works really well. been playing it on the Switch. They've got this kind of cool Haunted Hallows weekly challenge at the moment where you can earn yourself Ghostbuster-themed items. So they had a cool kind of Slimer topper, pumpkin kind of extras, extra XP you can get too, special decals and so on. So that's been fun. We previously bought the Ecto-1 car, but it's kind of disappointing because I unlocked the Ghostbusters logo for the wheels. So you can have the Ghostbusters logo as your kind of rims, but you can't put them on the Ecto-1, yeah. which is really annoying. I, I, I noticed that as Obviously. well, because I picked up the Ecto-1 where it went on sale there a few days ago, and you can't really customize it in any way. So the way you can customize other cars, like no matter what color team you're on, you can change the color of the car. Like You can't change the Ecto-1. I wanted to kind of make it yeah. black, make it look like a hearse. I, I wanted to put um, the, the Slimer kind of car topper antenna oh, on it as well, top. but you can't do that. No, you can't do that, oh. which is really annoying. So you can put it on any other car you want, unfortunately not on that particular one. But no, it's been working really well. I've been playing it in the kind of frame rate mode, which means it'll kind of target 60 frames per second more. There is like a visual fidelity mode, which makes the graphics a lot nicer and cleaner, but it'll be at like a locked 30 frames per second. But I prefer the more faster paced action for a game like mm. that. Overall working really well. I had a lot of difficulty linking all my kind of gaming accounts to my Epic account okay. because for the whole cross progression thing, if you want to do that you need to link your nintendo switch account you need to link your xbox uh, one account and your playstation account and your pc account and so on the only problem is if you've ever played fortnite or rocket league on like say a ps4 or an xbox if you don't sign up to epic games at that time it's a dummy account so you have an epic account but you don't at the same time okay but like, say, for instance, I played Fortnite God knows how long ago on my Xbox. And just by default, I had a dummy account on my Xbox profile. So I couldn't technically link my Xbox profile to my Epic Games account, which was really annoying. So the kind of way around that was for me to promote my dummy accounts to actual accounts, mm. unlink my Xbox and PS4 account, 
and then delete so, those accounts. I was going to say, you're losing an account here somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I got to keep my original account, but I had to promote to new accounts mm. and then delete them, which was just really annoying. It's just a really backers way of doing it. But Mental. I don't know. I, I guess Rocket League did come out before, you know, that whole, you know, Epic Games account thing mm. and all that kind of stuff, because we know, obviously, Epic Games uh, acquired Psionics. But overall, very fun. I think the Hallow's Eve ends on November the 3rd. So if you haven't gotten all your kind of items there, Ray, I definitely recommend. Yeah, I've, I've gotten most of them. Um, the only ones I think I need is the Slimer thing and oh, there's one more one but then the other ones are just the extra bonus XP and something called a pumpkin pack where like if you w- play 20 games you get like a, I think it's basically a loot box basically and you get like yeah, pretty a, much a, an you item drop like a rare item ultra rare mm. exactly yes so, so yeah. very cool lovely so next up guys have I got news for you Oh, because oh, you weren't here, Johnny. Because he's got this amazing <laughs> Avengers slash BBC intro. So first up on the news, the Republic of Ireland is in level five lockdown. So what, what will that mean? Oh no! no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no wonder the streets have been so empty. I've been out there licking doorknobs, just having. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh god, brilliant! Uh, but changed. yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so the Republic of Ireland is in level five lockdown. So what will that mean? You know, in terms of trying to obtain the next gen consoles, like uh, Ray. Obviously, you know this is always in the news, and the government yeah. have all these mad guidelines. I think one of them, the main ones, would be you know penalty for movement outside of five kilometers of your home, with exemptions for the likes of essential work and essential purposes, mm-hmm. and so on. Now. If you were driving up to Smith's and Navin or something like that, I'm sure the guards would be like, where are you going? If you said, oh, I'm collecting me PS5, I'm not entirely sure if that <laughs> take, would take a new there, my potential. boy. <laughs> would, you, would you be like, uh, I've got eight kids and, and 12 nieces and nephews. They're, they're all looking forward to this for Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, like, Smiths are being a little bit unreasonable with their policies as well, I feel like, because they won't let you automatically swap over. Like, if you have to go click and collect, it won't let you change it to home delivery. I found out that it's also on games as well, because I've already pre-ordered um, Miles Morales, and I can't change it to home mm-hmm. delivery. You can cancel your order. Yeah, yeah. Then I mean, like, do it again, but, like, that's a back airs way. Isn't that right? Did they give you a reason? No, no, I'm, I'm sure it's got something to, to do with... Um, stock being in locations and like they might have to have certain stock in the shop and then the warehouse only has a certain amount that has to be sent out for home delivery but i honest to god i don't know if if i knew that was going to happen i should have just fucking elected for a home delivery yeah now a lot of people are very disappointed because there's these strict kind of things where they're like oh you have to bring photo id with you and the collection you know ready to collect email with mm. you but then they're recommending to people oh if you're outside the five kilometer you know, radius, we we suggest you stick to, you know, the guidelines from the government in terms of, you know, uh, the distance you travel out. But if you can't do that, then we recommend you ask a family or a friend. But then again, if you live so far away from your family or friend, mm-hmm. more than likely, if it's a five kilometer limit, they're going to have to live in, say, Navin, if I have to collect it in the Navin shop. So how are you going to get them your ID? I mean, you technically both have to travel outside of the phone. Yeah, unless you post it, and I wouldn't be comfortable putting, like, my driver's license in the post. 
I know, de- definitely not. I was going to say, I sent on the perfect solution. So you 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 find a restaurant near <laughs> the place where you want to get the thing. You ring Deliveroo. You get the driver to hold a iPad on his belly like he's Krang. And then you appear with your driver's license. <laughs> it's Bill Brainers! I'm IPS4! <laughs> <laughs> and you get some chips and an Xbox. It's great. Mmm, chips box. But yeah... I- the stance from Smith's is very surprising because with GameStop, it's kind of interesting what they're doing. I had to pre-order in store for the Xbox Series X with them. And they seem to have this kind of plan where, you know, they're going to ship these out to customers. Anyone who's kind of pre-ordered a console and is guaranteed the console on day one, they will be, you know, contacting customers before the launch day and actually getting addresses and so on. And I believe they're going to be sending out links to people who have to pay a balance on the deposit as well. So say, for instance, if I've paid off half the console, they're going to send me a link. I'll just pay off the rest of it online. And then Bob's your uncle. They'll just ship it out directly from the warehouse. It's just very strange that they're doing such a kind of pro consumer move where, you know, oh, you can't come and click and collect. Don't worry, we're going to ship it out to you. In the case of Smith's, I would have thought, you know, because they always say their stock comes from warehouses. So I would have thought they'd be able to just yeah. ship directly from the warehouse. And like, I would gladly pay additional postage and packaging for an item. So say for instance, Ray, I'm sure you'd be willing to pay the extra postage to get your PS5 home. Yeah, delivered. I mean, obviously. Like, you know, no one wants to break COVID guidelines or, and travel unnecessarily. And like the same thing as well. Like I wouldn't want someone going out of their way for me just to pick up a console because I don't want to put someone else at risk. Exactly, I mean, like yeah. my kind of solution is I have an eye exam up in Navin on some date in November anyways. And I'm kind of thinking I can go that direction and just swing in. But I'm even kind of thinking like maybe I shouldn't. I, you know, I should just wait for the restrictions to lift and just collect it on December the 3rd. I mean, I can wait another two, three weeks. It's not the end of the world, but I'll be a little bit miffed. <laughs> Now, do you, do you want me to remove that part, Ray, or keep it in just in case the guards? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if they can find me, they can stop uh, me. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm going to an eye exam. <laughs> just the guy driving with two eye patches on. You're like, <laughs> I'm a genius. <laughs> oh, brilliant. But um, next up on the news, an Assassin's Creed Valhalla expansion will be taking us to Ireland. Now, got an article written here by Tom Phillips at Eurogamer, but Ubisoft has announced the Assassin's Creed Valhalla season pass with two large expansions set within France and Ireland. (laughs) That's just right in the background, people. The first... Figured we need some Irish folk music. (laughs) And now a full jig I've prepared for this audio medium. (laughs) The first Wrath of the Druids is due spring 2021 and sees you tracking Druids, exploring Gaelic myths, and delving into Irish history and folklore. Now, I think on the YouTube video as well, they mentioned uh, you'll be able to visit Dublin, like the big huge marketplace within Dublin as well, because it was kind of known for kind of trading that. But it looks very interesting, and no one of your mates is working on the game as well, isn't he, Johnny? Yes, Glennon, the other half of the Dystropia podcast, uh, he's been working on this. He hasn't actually mentioned anything to to me about it, other than the fact that we just came on to it. He came onto the podcast one day and just stared at me. He was like, Cyberpunk, I've just come out on the same day as us. And I was like, oh no! <laughs> the, the most long-awaited game of all time has just moved to our release. But uh, it, as the one Irish lad sitting in the office um, working on the game, I assume it, there was a few cases where they're like, Druids are like this, this, and this. That's probably right. And then everybody just slowly turns to him and he's like, what? I don't know anything about Druids. What do you want? <laughs> I'll be very annoyed if they don't somehow get in the brazen head. <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah, a pub, even if it's just like a little crappy pub called the brazen head that's it they'll all have dublin location names because glennon was like ah we'll just it's a, yeah bally firm it's an old uh an old irish name that's fine will there be guinness in there that's what i yeah. want to know i wonder are they going to do it similar to the way they did odyssey so like obviously the geographical location of odyssey looks similar to 
the the Greek islands, all that kind of stuff. But obviously, it's massively scaled down. So will this be the whole of Ireland where Dublin will just be a settlement or Cork could be a settlement? I nearly guarantee there'll be a bit where like, oh, here we are in Dublin and like they'll be flying around. And then at one point, someone will step on a boat, step off a minute later and you'll be in the Giant's Causeway because it is a beautiful a beautiful scene. Yeah. It's like, ah, yes, that was a good lunchtime travel up the coast. Yeah. It'll just, the same way they kind of did the islands in, in Black Flag where you just jump on, jump off. And you're like, now we're in Cuba. Now we're in Haiti. Now we're yeah, wherever yeah. we need to be. Imagine they'll um, do Grange and all those yeah. tombs and stuff in the game as well. That'd be really obvious. Yeah, it'd be really cool to see like a Kieran or something like that, like a proper Kieran as it's supposed to look or some portal dolmen tombs. I'm sure they'll have loads of uh, three-story forts and like <laughs> whatever the ancient equivalent of skyscrapers are. I want to see at least one in on Cranog. Uh, <laughs> I think they have them in there. What? I think they have them in there in rain forts and all that kind of stuff as well. So yeah. it looks like they got some kind of old school kind of Irish structures, but there isn't enough game space in Ireland. Anyway, next up is the tourist video game will run at 4K on the Series S and 6K on the Series X. Now, it's just a brief news item, won't really delve on it too much, but it is interesting to see that the Series S will be capable of 4K resolution. It is a game I kind of mentioned on our Hidden Gems episode. It's actually a really fun game. Played it on the Switch. It's only about eight hours long, but there's kind of cool options where you can go into an arcade and play old school style Nintendo video games. Like there's a blatant kind of S zero ripoff within the game, which is brilliant. And I, I know I call it alleyway, but you call it breakout or something like that, it is wasn't breakout. it? Yeah. It is I know, breakout. Brian got my back on okay. that. Okay. <laughs> it's absolutely breakout. Clive is wrong. <laughs> Fact take the, uh, six, the 6K resolution is very interesting on the X as well. So It'll be interesting to see what kind of frame rates and what kind of resolution they can kind of push for the AAA games. Now, AAA games, I'm sure, will be mainly kind of 4K 60 or 1440p 120 frames per second. I mean, if I had a choice between those kind of two modes and something like Overwatch, I would gladly choose the frame rate over, you know, the resolution. But uh, sure, we'll just wait and see. I was going to say, it's pretty cool of Microsoft to future-proof their consoles. Like, they've done that since the 360 when they had HD support right at day one before before anybody really had HD TVs. So, the fact they're thinking of 6K or 8K or whatever now is pretty and good. Honestly, the cooling systems that they've put into them... Uh, mm. Wait, no, I'm thinking of the refrigerator they gave to Snoop Dogg. No, don't worry about that. <laughs> Speaking of refrigerators, yes, Johnny. Uh, Snoop Dogg has his very own Xbox Series X fridge, which he got for his birthday. They gave him a birthday cake inside as well because he's the Xbox OG. Uh, <laughs> but no, honestly, it's a cool looking fridge. Now, as far as I know, because I saw a video of, I don't know if you've heard of I Justine. She's this kind of female YouTuber who does like a lot of kind of tech videos. Big, huge Nintendo fan. No, she's an Xbox fan. She does like Apple and kind of uh, PC kind of reviews and so on as well. But she actually got a, a fridge shipped to her home as well. Uh, they actually went to her front <laughs> door with the um, fork truck and everything else. And it was on a huge pallet. It was like a giant sized retail box of the Xbox Series X and she unboxed it and out came a bloody fridge. And when you open the fridge, it glows green and it does the the kind of startup sound for the Xbox as well. So unnecessary. <laughs> mad. But during the video, she mentioned that there's only three made in the world. So Snoop Dogg has one. I Justine has one for some apparent reason. And the last one will be given out in some kind of giveaway. So... One lucky person will get an Xbox Series X. I'm so going in on that giveaway. Give it to me. But the, yeah. the funny thing is, it's a very impressive fridge because, like, the compartments and everything else. It looks like you have a shirt. Did you see the amount of bottles that bloody I, Snoop 
get in there. I love the idea of you getting up in the middle of the night and you're like opening the fridge to get a midnight snack and the whole, it's like the startup uh, noise plays. But you come home and it's red ringed and there's just water all over the floor. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, brilliant. But I don't know if you noticed on the Snoop Dogg video, one of the bottles of whatever it was he had in there, it had like a gold chain that said Xbox on it. Yeah. Oh, I wonder what that was. Weird. Do we know if he's, does we know if he's a cognac or... Oh, it was a clear liquid. Is he a vodka drinker? <laughs> gin, probably. Gin and juice, of course. There we go. Gin and juice. It's just funny, you know, Travis Scott apparently gets a PS5, but uh, Snoop Dogg gets an Xbox Series X fridge. It's brilliant. Uh, but I think we actually know why that picture of Travis Scott holding a controller and everything else came out, because did you see the kind of Travis Scott advert for PlayStation 5 by any chance? Who is Travis Scott? Oh, he's like a music like, kind of star. And I think he's getting into Twitch streaming. From- like like I'm so out of touch, you know. I feel like Skinner in that Simpsons episode, you know. For, the Simpsons I mean, <laughs> am I so out of touch? No, it's the gamers who are wrong. He did like a Fortnite concert. Yeah, but that was the first was time I skinner. ever heard of him. Was just like was this it? guy's doing a concert in Fortnite. I was just like, who? <laughs> like, yeah. but 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 the ad came out and it was just him sitting at at the front of the TV, presses his PS5 controller yeah. to turn it on. Then all of a sudden, it's just like, almost like wind coming at him. What? Now we know why that <laughs> photo came out. I don't think he actually All right, got a PS5. It was just a promo for, for or behind the scenes of the video. Yeah, pretty much. And finally on the news, it is Tom Holland as Nathan Drake. Just cosplaying, I assume. <laughs> and I don't know if you saw it today as well. Uh, Mark Wahlberg released this kind of video on social media where he's wearing the mustache. <laughs> yeah, he's saying like, don't so say it words. Or big... <laughs> Sully or whatever. Yeah, Victor. Yeah, he's playing. Yeah, Victor Sullivan. Strange choice. I know he was originally set to play. Wasn't Nathan Drake in the original kind of script? But from 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I, don't, I don't hate the casting of Tom Holland and and like Mark Wahlberg actually looks like a decent enough Sully. And if this is supposed to be year one, uh, Nathan Drake, then it lines up fairly well. I mean, Tom Holland's what, 24, 25, which is what Nathan uh, would have been in the first Drake's fortune. So yeah, I think like, it was 25 the first one, yeah. So like if if it is a case where we could get a trilogy out of this, like you, you could be looking at the last one, whatever, uh Drake's Deception or whatever the last game was, or Honor no, a Thieves End? Thieves End? Yeah, thief, um yep. like if the last one comes out and it's whatever, twenty thirty and he's thirty-five. I mean that seems fine. It's the the, prop, the reason he looks so young is because we've all seen Nathan Fillion in his little fan-made film, and it's just like, well, that looks great. <laughs> that was yeah, brilliant. He, it was brilliant, but he just looked like an unfit uh, Nathan Drake. But isn't Nathan Drake unfit? <laughs> like, in, in Uncharted 4, he's no. not very fit. Oh, jeez, okay. <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's just me. I thought he was a little off his game. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that they've, like, they've actually like modelled in a girdle under his outfit. You could just make oh, it out. Man. Actually, a Nathan Drake skin in that game would have been awesome. Sorry, Nathan Fillion skin in yeah, that yeah. game would have been awesome. Yeah. But missed opportunity, lads. Mm. Okay, so let's get on to the topic of the show, guys. So the favorite video game controllers of all time. I know this is going to be a heated debate. This just be nice to each other, guys. Okay, no, um, ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't agree to that. Neither do I. Just because of that, Ray. How about you start us off? Oh God, no. Okay, um, <laughs> right. I'm going with a little controller from back in my youth. And the first time I saw this, I was like, what the hell is this concoction Frankenstein-looking thing? And it's the six-button controller for the Mega Drive. Introduced around 1993 to replace the D 
default three button one that came with the console. Um, I guess games kind of started getting a bit better coded and required more inputs for combos and things. I think specifically this was created for fighting games. Like, uh, you know, I don't think you could play Mortal Kombat on the Mega Drive unless you had a six button controller or Street Fighter. Like just having the extra functionality of was it X, Y and Z button? I think they added just added a whole new dimension to games not not only what they could use but button assigning you know there was more options that could be used on games and even to kind of give you an idea of like the games that would have benefited from this massively were like obviously the mortal kombat franchise uh the wwf games uh streets of rage even though streets of rage 3 uh which i think probably used the extra six buttons stylistically i mean the, the controller itself like the mega drive controller to me is it's like a, almost like a proto xbox controller it's got that kind of like unnatural curvy vibe to it it's really comfortable to hold it mops the floor with the nes controller the nes controller is just like a freaking square tin and it's really sore and it digs into your hands whereas like the sega controller was sexy and sleek and (laughs) what else i can jump in on i can jump in on this because it was one of my selections as well oh really and it was because we'd had a master system which was at the if look up a master system controller it was the squarest controller you've ever seen (laughs) it had two buttons and a d-pad and like the pain you would feel towards the end I, I of did, using that for a few I hours. I think I played uh, Alex the Kid and Miracle World on that, and my hands yeah. used to be banjax afterwards. Yeah, but hold and on, the, hold on. Was the pain worse than an N64 controller after playing Super Mario Party? So the the N64 was a cramp, whereas the Master System would like you'd you'd take your fingers away and there'd be angular divots yeah. in your hand where they'd oh, yeah, been pressing against you. With with the Nintendo sixty four controller, you know, uh, you'd have to kind of be spinning on the analog stick and like some yeah. real pretty. I always yeah, yeah. had terrible kind of <laughs> you had the stick. <laughs> the stigmata that comes exactly. with the Nintendo Game coming off the, the middle of my hand like it was horrible <laughs> I, I'm sure someone will correct us and say something else was the first one to do the ergonomics and I'm sure sh- in fact I remember there being one much more pronounced boomerang shaped mm. one but the Mega Drive was the first one where it seemed like they'd put some thought into right you're gonna be holding this for a while Here, your buttons will naturally fall where the, your thumb will land will mm. make a boomerang shape I was gonna say it's the first time I saw uh, multiple controllers for uh a console mm. where friends of mine had ones with turbo buttons on them and i had to look up before this i was like i press turbo every time instead of the actual button i was like i'm sure this does something better turbo 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 was like you, there was the turbo but then there was slow motion mode which all it was yeah, was yeah. a button that repeatedly kept pressing start so you oh, just slowly <laughs> But we, I remember all the lads would mod theirs. Uh, the guys would take a screw and put it in the middle of the D-pad so they would have a proto-thumbstick. What? <laughs> uh, that, yeah, we we used to just mess with the uh, Mega Drive controllers the whole time. So as we all sat down, everyone would have a slightly different version. One lad would have the turbo, one would have the classic, one lad would have one with a nail in it. <laughs> Jesus. I, I suppose everyone had one friend, or at least in their own collection, had that weird transparent one where you could see the motherboard behind it. <laughs> yeah. that's Everyone right. had one of those. <laughs> It's all for fighting games where it, like it it's so important that the the absolute button layout mm-hmm. is, and the the reactivity is perfect which will probably feed into the the number one controller that we all picked like whether or not we're fighting game fans. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not a super massive like fighting game fan but I like playing them like I like the Mortal Kombat and um Injustice games. But the six button controller was one of the ones that maybe kind of realized that wow, fighting games are more than just button bashing that there is actually like combos like you would look at the street fighter manual or the mortal Kombat one and it was just like high kick high kick low kick low kick high punch and you'd have to go shit there's actually like a tick 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 
and you'd have to memorize it and really get good at it. Um, so it actually made me have a much bigger appreciation for fighting games and the coding that goes into it, I guess. What about yourself there, Brian? For me, there's a clear best controller ever, and that's the Xbox 360 controller or the Xbox One controller. They're basically the same. They're just perfect. They're absolutely perfect. I think they haven't changed it for three generations, basically. The best thing about it is the offset analog sticks, the the left analog stick being on the top, the right analog stick being on the bottom. It just fits really nicely in your hand. The first really reliable wireless controller ever. I, mean, I don't know if you guys ever, speaking of the Mega Drive, did you, ever go, did you guys ever have those infrared controllers? Oh, the, Mega Drive, the really God. cheap ones. They were like remote controls for your TV, but with really bad reception. No, and very, sometimes very the great, buttons yeah. would work and sometimes they wouldn't. They're wireless on the, the 360. Like I remember the best novelty thing ever was when you got your 360 for the first time and you turned it on with the controller. That mm-hmm. felt like you were in the future. That was amazing. It just has super comfortable buttons like the triggers on the back were incredible mm. particularly for things like racing games if you're holding down the or trigger for like an hour straight playing a, a full race on forza or whatever <laughs> you weren't slipping off you weren't getting cramped mm. like you were describing on the n64 it looked nice the but the face buttons felt just super super cool to press no matter what you were playing and i must have dropped mine about four thousand times and they were never in bad shape either. it is the nokia 3210 of controllers though isn't it it's like you could drive over that thing and it would probably still work in a pinch (laughs) if i saw a kid holding an xbox controller i'd be like that's probably fine as long as he doesn't hurt as long as he doesn't hurt someone with it it's fine (laughs) if you're holding a nintendo controller i was like oh that's that's gonna they're gonna break a tv they're gonna break themselves they're gonna break the controller Or, or even like the ps4 ones like the amount of ps4 controllers i've seen where um the rubber has come off the analog stick i've never seen that happen on an xbox controller i could be wrong like prove me wrong kids <laughs> prove me wrong um <laughs> but like i've so seen so many friends and like just other people's controllers even people trying to sell them on going look at the state of that like they've obviously <laughs> never cut their nails and they've peeled off the rubber off the bloody analog stick <laughs> <laughs> like uh, dark souls and just digging the fingernails like, <laughs> <laughs> until you literally do have the equivalent of a screw just coming up out of the bloody analog stick <laughs> not not to mention all the stuff that you've already mentioned but the the customizability and the ease of customizing Xbox controllers is um one of one of the things that really kind of cool about it. Like I know you, Clive, you've you've customized quite a few, haven't you? Oh yeah, I've uh, used to take the shells off and kind of what I do is sand down the shells and kind of spray paint them with um car paint, which was actually really nice, like metallic paint that kind of thing. Used to do kind of decals on them as well, and then sell them off as well. So yeah, it wasn't too bad for me. Try to make a quick book when I was uh, back in my 360 days, you know. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but no, fully agree with Brian. It was definitely one of the most comfortable controllers I've ever used. I prefer the offset control sticks as well, especially for the likes of, say, a first-person shooter. So that was perfect for Call of Duty, for Halo, and all them. The amount of special edition controllers that came out for it too. Like I remember the the Master Chief edition, and then I had like a Modern Warfare. Mm two or three edition as well and uh, gears of war and so on i do love the feel of the xbox one controller but i thought that the 360 controller was just slightly smaller it just felt a bit nicer mm-hmm. in the hand and i think that's interesting for the upcoming series x controller because they've pretty much said that they've made the controller slightly smaller than the xbox one controller mm-hmm. So who knows, it might feel a bit more like a 360 controller in the hand, which will be very interesting. But like Brian said, being able to turn on your console with the actual controller was really cool. 
the triggers on them were so much better than the PS3 at the mm. time. Like myself and Brian were giving out about the PS3 controllers yeah. before the podcast. The PS3 had convex oh. triggers. <laughs> your fingers would slide off them all the time. While, oh. while the other ones had convex so you, or concave, so you would, your fingers would rest really? in the triggers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were probably the worst triggers I've ever had on a controller. So just when you because, say like, like if you're in a they shoot. were similar to like the shoulder buttons on the PS2 controller. PS2s were a bit more very flat. slightly convex. Yes. Mm. Oh, weird. But yeah, it just the curve of them. Like if you were playing a racing game or a first-person shooter game, and that your finger would just be constantly slipping off them. And I don't think there was any real texture to them either, was there? So you couldn't really get a proper grip. They're very smooth. They yeah. Released a bunch of third-party accessories for the PS3 controller where they give the proper curve to it. So I'd say one issue. Yeah. There's one issue with the Xbox 360 controllers, and that is the battery pack. The battery pack. When the battery yeah. pack separates. And it doesn't sit comfortably on the grooves anymore. And you're in the middle of something and you just get that, you know, reconnect your controller. It's like, it is fucking connected. (laughs) I mean, that is the one thing that I don't like about even the Xbox One controllers. Just get away from the batteries, lads. I know they offer a lot of third party options Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, rechargeable battery packs and so on. But I can see why they do it, because who doesn't have bloody batteries in their house? Although, if you own an Xbox and that kind of thing, I'm sure you're getting through the batteries a lot of the time as well. So, I believe the reason for that was that when they were testing the controllers for the, for the first time, they didn't want to build a battery in because the batteries were wearing down over time. Ah. Um, saying that, if you get the plane charge kits for the mm. for the controllers, I don't think I've ever had to replace those batteries. So, really, but why not just include that in the? the yeah, pack? I don't know why they didn't just offer that as a as a part of the pack. They never did that. Yeah, it was actually. Uh, like like a battery pack it was like a must be a lithium battery that you plug in and then you actually plug the controller into a charging unit and then it'll actually similar to basically just the playstation controller you just plug it in wait for that battery to be charged then you just take it out and your controller's charged mm. so it's, i don't know it's kind of weird they didn't just invest in that yeah i know but ah, sure what can you do johnny what about yourself give us a one of the controllers that you really like i know you chose the mega drive controller and you chimed in with ray yeah i'll i'll jump over to a different one there which is uh, like I, I i get the xbox one and they dialed it in over time and it's the perfect weight and all the controllers feel fantastic it's completely boring they got it right and they, <laughs> they know where to go stupid playstation it's the same looking controller it's like that's their logo it's the playstation controller they're never able to change that shape now mm. they and they, it's the same as everything with playstation playstation one two three where are they going to go from here four what's the next one going to be called five they're so predictable that some lad in india uh trademarked playstation five and then they were had to wait a couple of months to release it because they had to fight with this one guy who was like ah i saw where you were going with it <laughs> uh, yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna jump over to nintendo and and i'll pick one of them in particular but i love their parkour approach just every single time it's like let's innovate and i'm like do you what okay like why not do motion controls why not do this this and this the the fact that that like on the switch they're like our controls could be anything you want there's a whole labo thing that means that you can just make the controls can literally be whatever you shape you can make work <laughs> Uh, they've they've taken such it's such a Japanese thing as well like the scattergun approach is like we'll release multiple controllers for each console if you don't like <laughs> you don't like the Switch controls maybe get the Pro controller if you don't oh you play a fighting game get the old GameCube controller and this is what that's that's to me the best controller of all time is the GameCube one I've had it now for four different consoles I had it on the GameCube the Wii the Wii U and now the Switch Jesus which tells God. me it's working <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's uh, the one that, you see I was never a Nintendo kid growing up but the first time the GameCube controller was put in my hand it was like who invented this? It looks like a <laughs> like it almost looks like a sigh or something. Like it's got like three prongs that you could just attack someone. With. Oh, that 
No, that's the N64. This is the this is just the, the GameCube one. Hey, I'm gonna have to Google GameCube. Talk about GameCube yourself. is the the purple lilac purple kind one. of one that just has a giant A button, a D pad, and a offset thumbsticks and DC control. Just so he knows, it's the one that Johnny would use in Mario Kart when we would play on the projector with him at his place. Yeah, I have I have wired look on Ray's face. This still looks like it was designed my- by a maniac. <laughs> It is. It's oh, it's like Fisher Price made a controller. It, if you'd never seen it before, that would be the one. You're like, oh, this is the one you get in a pound shop. It looks. You know what it looks like it looks like if you like in the 1980s when there was like a scene on an alien spaceship and it goes, show me the controls, and it's just like this thing pops and goes, <laughs> color coded. So you press the yellow button to go. Yeah, the ones I've used are still the ones I had for the GameCube, and every like the Wii had slots on the top so you could still use them mm. i've now got a usb input that allows me to adapt and use it one of my controllers sat out for years and it's all like tobacco stained and discolored and the other one was in a drawer and it's immaculate <laughs> so that's how we know player one and player two in this house oh that's my one yeah it matches my teeth at this stage but uh, <laughs> Uh, I know it's one that you picked as well, Clive. Yeah, I mean, it's a very unique controller. Even the GameCube is unique itself. Nice, small, little cube. Little carry handle, almost like a briefcase. Yes. The carry handle, like you're going to bring it places. <laughs> but no, I thought the, the shoulder buttons were very comfortable. The triggers were very comfortable. The Indigo Purple was just a beautiful controller. I know they had the likes of, say, the the orange, and uh, I think they had a clear version, a blue and a black and so on. They did a traditional but, Mario, Wario, Luigi ones. They did, yes. Mm. <laughs> but I loved the way that the main button that you would use in most games, the A button, was like basically the center of the button controls, and then you had everything else around it. But it was like the perfect complement to Smash Brothers Melee when it was out at the time. And people just love that controller so much that, like Johnny, they've just been using it generation after generation after generation, especially for Smash Brothers, because basically all of the pros nowadays still use the likes of the uh, Smash Brothers uh, or the GameCube controller really? for the Smash Brothers tournaments and so on. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So. Uh, I managed to get a special Wii U pack where it was like a Smash Brothers kind of branded controller and, you know, the adapter, the official kind of GameCube adapter for the Wii, which uh, Wii U, which would work on the Nintendo Switch later on, which is absolutely brilliant. But it was surprisingly comfortable for the likes of Mario Kart as well, because I know I got a chance to try it out at your place, Johnny. And yeah, it is surprisingly comfortable with the GameCube controller on, on that. As you say, because everything radiates out from the A button. It's basically you've got a main action and your sub action. You never have to look down. I still to this day, if I'm switching between first person shooters, I'll always look down and go, now, is this the game where Circle is back or is this the game where Circle <laughs> is Crouch or is this the like I they kind of switch them up. But I, I remember playing Resident Evil 4 with the the GameCube controller. It's perfect. It works mm. perfectly well. Every Like they the shoulder buttons work as like get your gun sight out and shoot everything they, it's like they just handed someone a block and said all right just put your hands naturally on that and let's see where they fall we'll draw a circle around your finger and go that'll be the a button yeah i mean even though the shape of it lo- does look odd it is surprisingly comfortable in your hand and just kind of fits perfectly it's there very unusual but- how they chose like just from a design point of view it, it's baffling how you thought how a person would think yeah this is the main button so let's make it bigger than the other buttons and then all the buttons yeah. around it are smaller, but not smaller as the, as in like they're all the same button, but smaller. Two of them are the same. One of them's smaller again. It's like what the X and Y kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like no, the, they ha- the buttons are here in order of importance. 
something like A, B, X, Y, yeah. and then your triggers and all that kind of stuff. They do that joke at Nathan Barley where one of the guys gets a new phone and the seven button is the biggest. He goes, because it's the most used number. And everyone's looking at him going, that can't be true. <laughs> there's no way there's a most used number. Oh, but I like love a, the triggers on the GameCube controller. The way that, like, when you're holding down a little bit, they don't they don't click, but if you press them, yeah, yeah. they make mm. that like, really tactile snap sort of sound. Yep. Exactly. Well, what was the, the word they use? Well, they're analog triggers, aren't they? Because like, they, they are, yeah. They different w- degrees of pressure. Kind of pressure, exactly, yeah, which is very good, especially when in Smash Brothers, you'd use that for your kind of shield techniques and that, so you could do the light shield, or no, if you want to do the full-on shield, you just press down as far as you can, but no, it was very good. Great memories of that controller with Smash Brothers. I still use it in the likes of, say, uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate right now, but even Mario Kart Double Dash, it was just so much fun playing games like that as well, and Super Mario Sunshine with that controller. So yeah, definitely, definitely one of the better controllers for me. Anyway, it it's the only controller I've ever owned, and it is because I've used it for years that I never have to look down. I never at any point need to check what I'm doing and with the with the new game or with the new PlayStation controller. I'm always like, oh, it wants me to press the options button, and it has to take me a minute to realize it's the big thing on the top, the big touchpad. And I'm like, that's yes, sorry, let me just tap that and we're back i'm gonna chime in on the playstation 4 controller as well just to kick it uh, fellow when he's down does whoever <laughs> thought about having the start and share button be the same elevation as the, the controller s- itself is a madman it's like sometimes i'm like searching for the start button or the options button as they call it now and go where the fuck is it is, is... then you have to actually <laughs> push in on it it's mental. you might accidentally press that bloody screen and the the, the thing in the middle as well yeah. oh i Every controller that has that screenshot button or share button, it goes, screenshot, take it. I was like, I don't know where those go. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a folder somewhere on some machine that has every picture I've ever taken. I hope it's a picture of me as well looking shotgun. What? <laughs> Why? That'd be great. Now, if you, every time you take a screenshot, it pulls the image from the camera to show like what your face looked like when you took that photo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Now, speaking of Nintendo, I know you have a Nintendo controller on your list there, Brian. I do. And it's the... Specifically, the Pro Controller for the Nintendo Switch. I, I love the idea of the Joy-Cons, but I've actually broken about four of them. They all drift. Uh, I've had to rebuy them for my kids. I've had to rebuy them for myself. They're not very reliable. I do love the idea of the Joy-Cons, but as much as possible when playing the Switch, I try to use the Pro Controller, which is a bit of a weird love letter back to Microsoft because it's mm. almost exactly the same controller as the 360 controller. My favorite thing about this one that's different is it feels heavy. Like if you hit somebody with that controller, you're going to fucking kill It's a brick of a controller. Like you're going to n- knock somebody out proper with that. My theory as to why it looks like that is whenever you see a behind the scenes about of some video game being made, it's always Xbox controllers hooked up to computers. They always have USB Xbox controllers because I guess they're just working on PCs. And I bet it was to get more games on the switch where they're like look look you can functionally have an xbox controller like you make it on your xbox controller and it'll play the same on our machine yeah definitely it does look and scary like uh, an xbox controller uh, like if, if you were to show that someone and it was white they would instantly just think it was an xbox controller definitely definitely um it just feels good as well like it's slightly more ergonomic ergonomic than a, an xbox controller the way i always describe it is it feels expensive when you're when you're using it it's really, really good. It's the only way to play Breath of the Wild as well. It's it's fantastic. Does it feel very chunky in the middle, as in like it feels like it's going in kind of a curve, you know, on the face of the controller, which I like. I'm not saying it's a bad thing or anything like that. I do find myself pressing the home button instead of the plus button a lot. Yeah. Um like I've often been trying to pause the game and instead 
gone to the home button or taken a screenshot like Johnny says and thought I was paused when I wasn't. So there's a little bit of confusion there. And I never get used to the A and B buttons being yes. oh my God. different positions to everything else. So like B being the down yeah. of the diamond on the face of the controller still freaks me out if I'm using like a proper... Uh, I, now the funny thing is i've been go, going through habits of you know playing a lot of xbox three uh, xbox one then going to the switch again and i'm just getting confused with the a and b it is just you know because muscle memory kind of thing you're just like oh it's a holdover from the gamecube controller look at it the a is the big button and b is just down slightly so they they couldn't switch those two but you know what the annoying thing is i've accidentally bought a couple of games because I no. so i'd be you know playing a lot of say smash brothers for god knows how many hours and then i'd be on the xbox store and then i'd be clicking into something and it's like do you want to purchase this game i'm like oh no no and then i try and press the b button and i'm like oh shit it's the other way around and, actually, <laughs> and then it says are you sure i was like no 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 and then i try and press b again she like, just oh, ripped out the wall button <laughs> <laughs> so I bought, Cuphead, I bought Cuphead on the Xbox uh, One because I've accidentally pressed that button a few times. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's annoying. But no, the, some of the special edition controllers they have as well, like I have the Smash Brothers edition, I have the Splatoon edition, I have the Monster Hunter kind of edition as well, which is really cool. And I kind of added my own kind of indigo purple to a controller as well. So just basically put a reshell on it. But the battery life in that controller, I think it's about 40, something like 30 to 40 hours you can get out of the really? charge of it. It is ridiculous. Like Nintendo does the battery life on their controllers amazingly. I, I just don't know how the likes to say, you know, the PlayStation, the Xbox can't do something like that as well. I must actually pick up one of these controllers. I know that they're a little bit pricey, but I suppose they're no more pricey than a normal controller. Was it about 60 quid or so? Nowadays, I think you could get it for about sixty. Yeah, I do know that the, the PS Five sixty and eighty, yeah, sixty nine ninety nine, isn't that yeah. for a PS Five controller now? I suppose I have to I wait for Xbox. kind of like the next kind of big Nintendo game to sway me because at the moment the only person who's getting used out of my Switch is Trish playing Animal Crossing, gather up all those mm-hmm. Halloween decorations. <laughs> You've passed me in hours now, thanks to Trish. Have I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, brilliant. Uh, <laughs> You had to tag team to actually be Clive at Animal Crossing. <laughs> You'd want him to be in well, an island. An island is like a pimp resort. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's strange that you're getting so much drift onto Joy-Cons, Brian. Like, I think, thankfully, touch wood, um, I've never had Joy-Con uh, drift. Neither. I think the only... Yeah, the only controller I've ever had drift on, funnily enough, is an Xbox One controller. Like, I bought a special edition kind of Phantom Magenta controller for Anne, and... It just had ridiculous drift. You'd be just looking through the menu on Overwatch, and then all of a sudden it's just going, you know, scrolling across the screen. You're like, Jesus Christ. But I think that was the only controller I've ever had that has suffered yeah, from had, some kind of drift. I think I've had like three different analogs on Switch uh, Joy-Cons break that way. Crazy. I know other people, uh, people I know who have kids. It seems to be people who have kids. Uh, it happens a lot with. And you think Nintendo stuff, they're kind of kid orientated most of the time. You think they'd have a bit more reliable. Like you would. Clive, I'm sure you look after your Switch, you know, so... Oh, I do, but, fine. like, the amount of errors I put in into those controllers as well, especially the, the Joy-Cons, I'm actually kind of amazed that, you know, well, nothing's happened so far. Again, touch wood, but, like, I remember... Yes, which the one first... of the group is the superstitious one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm probably going to get Joy-Con drift on every single controller now after this. <laughs> Just be jamming gum into his controllers the next time. <laughs> this will be This will wind up greatly. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll tell Glennon's story, which is he used to play on the N64. If you just pulled the, the joystick in a direction while you were starting the machine, it would center there. And what they would do is just pull back slightly on it on one controller, turn the machine on, and then it'll play Goldeneye. And you'd start. And the, the main guy, the guy who got that controller wouldn't notice because you don't stand still. So you don't realize you're slowly stepping backwards. And then you'd all start <laughs> running and you'll be picking up weapons. And one guy would be like, why can't I run as fast as you? And they're like, you always pick a slow character. You always pick a slow character. He's like, that can't be true. <laughs> and it's just not as fast as everyone. That's a fantastic oh, actually, work. I actually lied there. Actually, I actually did suffer drift on my PlayStation 4 controller. Remember the special Alpine green edition oh, the controller? Oh, the sexy one. Remember I sent you the video and I wasn't even moving and Kratos just kept running forward and forward and yeah. forward. He's like a shark. He just has to keep making metaphors. Oh, it's just ridiculous. I got that fixed in the end. <laughs> and and actually, anyway. one, one more kick to PlayStation controllers. I found, <laughs> right, that PlayStation controllers are the only controllers where I've had a similar issue happen on two separate controllers, which is when I probably push forward as in to walk forward it sometimes jerks left or right as in like say if you're trying to like for example i think it's from when you play first person shooter games you know when you have to press down on the l3 button to run oh yeah but if you press down and push forward i think that must wear down the connection or some sort of connectivity between the pressure pads because the two controls i had at the time i was playing loads of battlefront 2 and loads of apex legends and it must have just like worn down over time. And now I can't use either of those controls because it won't really press up. Like it works fine. Like you could still press up, but in a game you would notice it. So fucking controllers. And speaking of PlayStation, let's move on, Ray, because you've got a PlayStation controller on your list. Yeah, I, I great controllers, right? Um, <laughs> but I, I purposely went a bit left field on this, and I'll have nothing bad said about it. But the Move controllers. I think these are possibly one of the best um, controllers that PlayStation ever brought out, purely because, well, one, it's massively future-proofed. I mean, it came out on the PlayStation 3. It was intended to be used with, like, just their camera and their move games. So, like, Wizard... So these are the lollipops. Yeah, yeah, basically. The, the, yeah. The, these are the landing light ones. Sex, yeah, yeah. sex sticks, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mood, mood like. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. Oh, the wand. Just put a bit yeah. of, you know, a bit of grease on the top and just rub it on the body. But, like, it's, yeah, so, like... I'm sold. We have a, we have a winner. <laughs> oh, God, it's getting hot on the color now. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, they're massively future-proof. So, already, they're usable on three different generations of Sony consoles. So, you originally came out on PS3, uh, used with the Move um, camera or iToy, whatever that's called. PlayStation 4 used massively with PSVR and to continue to be used on PlayStation 5. So like that's that's almost unheard of in a way that you can have a controller that will migrate across generations like that, apart maybe from your uh, GameCube controller, GameCube. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is in itself brilliant. I mean, it opened up VR to just the average home user. And I granted the, the unit itself, like the whole package to get everything together is a little bit costly. And there are a lot of VR games that you can get away with just using the controller. But there are a few that you just want that little bit extra immersion. Like I played um, the Iron Man demo that came out there recently enough. And that was fantastic. If it's implemented in the right type of games, it's some of the best virtual reality gaming you can ever play. Um, one prime example, I think you guys were over my gaff at the time, but when we played Rush of Blood, 
the shooting gallery roller coaster game from Supermassive Games. But yeah, so this game, it's like you're sitting on a, a, a basically a roller coaster ride shooting gallery, and it starts off nice and easy. It calibrates your arms, so there's these two ghost guns, and you have to put your hands up to where it, you think it feels like. You can't see the controller; it just asks you, where, "Do you think your hands are where these are?" And it goes, "Yeah, except." And then you can move the arms around independently from each other, and it's so freaky. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, like, I, I would love to see an uh, incremental increase or sorry an improvement on it only from say the buttons like so some can be a little bit troublesome sometimes to press the x square triangle button that's my only real concern with it but apart from that i think it's possibly one of the best uh controllers and interface that playstation or sony itself have ever come out with so yeah like massive props to them for for going off in a massive tangent you know their games are great. super massive prop yeah, yeah. Super <laughs> massive <games. laughs> um, but no they worked very well when we went over to your place played rush of blood but we also played beat saber and yeah. actually worked very well with even that. super hot i mean like you gotta give the props to super hot i was gonna say i remember playing a, a game at a i can't remember if it was like a in a museum or somewhere where some guys had set up a thing where they had these helmets on and they had the move controllers on top of the helmets and you put vr headsets on and they were using the position of those move controllers to um like tell where everybody was in relation to each other It was kind of like a holodeck from star trek kind of thing oh. uh, so i've seen loads of uses of those move controllers they're really cool mm-hmm yeah. No, I fully agree with you, uh, Ray, in the sense that, you know, sometimes it is troublesome to find where some of the buttons are. But I just think, I just wish they had more texture, like textured grips to the controllers as well. Mm. Found them very kind of slippery. I know you can have the, the wristband and everything else, but I just found them very kind of, they get very sweaty, especially like the, the headset itself, which is not great when you're trying to play Beat Saber. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's always been a massive issue. Um, like it does get a little bit toasty when you when you have it on for about an hour or so i love the idea that someone comes over and you're all sweaty i was like oh, i was just rocking out i was rocking out <laughs> like where's the drums moving on from because you're obviously talking about vr array there i'll just quickly chime in with mine mine would be the oculus quest controller it's probably the most comfortable vr controller i've ever used it doesn't have those big glowy balls on the top like the, the playstation one i have nothing bad but... said about the glowing balls <laughs> <laughs> it's so they fit... know you're playing <laughs> Uh, they fit really nicely in the hand. It's got like nice, subtle textured grip to the back of it as well. So it feels very nice, even if you're playing like an hour or two of Beat Saber. The analog sticks feel very kind of almost Xbox-ish, where they're very kind of rugged, kind of very well-made kind of analog controllers. The tracking works very well with the headset itself. And I think it's like the perfect complement to the Oculus VR, especially with games like Beat Saber. I tried a bit of um, Super Hot VR as well. And the, oh, was it the Darth Vader kind of VR Darth game Vader I've been trying out as well? Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I've only played the first episode, but that has been really fun so far. Yeah, overall, really nice way to it. It's a very good controller. I definitely, oh, if only I could get you guys over stupid lockdown and everything else. Bloody uh, lockdown! <laughs> People wear your masks. I want to see my friends again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, just a shout out to that. Anyway, that's a very good one. Clive, what do those loops do on the oculus controllers that would be for kind of tracking so inside of the kind of loops you'll have uh, i think they have sensors around it so it actually kind of works with the kind of cameras in the headset which is kind of cool but now i'm seeing people releasing kind of stuff where you don't even need those controllers and they're detecting your hand movements based off the cameras in the oculus so you can have like full kind of hand motion in a game which is kind of cool with just using the camera sensors 
in the top of the headset. Like I still developers say, are absolutely brilliant. I can't wait for the day, and I know this is going to be very hard to implement, but where you can actually put on like a, like a lightweight kind of glove and say if you were trying to pick up like a rendered object in VR, like a glass, that the glove would actually restrict your grip when you actually have it around <laughs> the item. And depending on how solid the item is, it'll um, sense like the grip. So if it was a sponge, you'd obviously be able to squeeze it a little bit. There's there's someone in Pornhub right now working. Yeah, I'm starting to get very sexual right now. But <laughs> Between glowing orbs and pressure. <laughs> I was saying to Ray, I just want like the Mario Kart live circuit, AR camera, seeing myself in my own house playing as Mario in VR. That would be amazing. <laughs> Quick one about the, the Oculus, like the, the actual screens inside. Now, you, you have the PSVR, Clive, so you probably know it as, as well as I do. But do you know how you get have that screen door effect? Like, what does it look like without the screen door effect? Does it just look crisp and clear? It does. Well, okay, the Quest would have less. Okay, so I, I don't remember the exact amount of hertz it has in the kind of refresh rate in the screen, but it has less than the PlayStation 4 VR, which I think is 120 hertz they have mm. minimum, or is it 90 hertz? I kind of don't, don't quote me Not on that anyway, but <laughs> it looks brilliant. It doesn't have like screen door effect. I don't get any distortion whatsoever. I'm finding the games look nicer than the PlayStation, mm. but they are slightly blurry as well at the same time. Okay. Overall, the screens are absolutely brilliant. Now, I know there's a slightly improved screen and refresh rates with the Oculus Quest 2, but I don't want to be just having to create a Facebook account just to be able to play games. I think that's a requirement on the, yeah, the new Oculus be, headset. I know, but uh, what can you do? But overall, it looks brilliant. I think it looks nicer than the PSVR. It's a lot more user-friendly because I don't have to worry about wires or anything like that. It's all just completely wireless, which is absolutely brilliant. And I can just, you know, draw out a line of my play area wherever I want, and then that's where I play Beat Saber. So, yeah. I've seen your play Lovely. area. <laughs> <laughs> you wish. Back to Pornhub. <laughs> you can find Clive on Pornhub at Clivasaur. <laughs> uh, now, I'll move on to Johnny because he has a He's cheating again. Catch all. Yeah, absolutely. I, <laughs> are you, are you I, editing I the show notes on the fly, Johnny? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just deleting other people's notes. Going, <laughs> Wait, Cl- Clive, type something uh, in. He'll read exactly what he's written down. I like Sega Saturn. Yeah, no, I, I crave novelty. So I I, uh, I was really, really thinking what has been the most satisfying controller I've ever had and or like experience. I love Beat Saber. I think it's great. I've seen people make lightsaber handles for Beat Saber with a, mm. a move or with the Oculus Rift. And that just looks amazing to me. The idea that you'd be holding something that's the correct weight. My dream is that they that they create like a, a slot that where you can stick on things onto those virtual controller or virtual reality controllers. So that like if you're holding a lightsaber, there's a speaker on it that's making the sound so you can actually hear it going past your ear. Brilliant. Or my fa- genuinely my favorite controller of all time is the one from the point blank arcade game. Uh. Because when you fire, the the slide does the full range, like the full movement. (laughs) And that is the most satisfying thing in the world. Just that that if you're in a room and someone's playing point blank, the click, 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 click. I'm surprised that no VR manufacturer, like the aim controller is probably the one that could get away with it. But why there isn't like a rumble pack in it? This is what I want something like that. I've seen ones where you slide a gun side onto it just so that while you're holding it, there's a bit more weight towards the front, so you feel like you've got a gun in your hand, but it's still very light. Uh, like Adam Savage is making his own ones out of al- aluminum and like making his own like designs down the side Great. so that he feels like he's walking around holding guns. Anything like that where people are modifying stuff, 
I did buy the Rocksmith game for Xbox 360. So for that one, I had an entire guitar as a controller <laughs> because it just plugs yeah. into the guitar and then into the USB thing. And I was sitting there playing like Nirvana and White Stripes going, this is great. I'm actually playing through these songs start to finish. And then I turned the machine off and I just looked at the guitar. I was like, I can't play guitar. <laughs> I, I can follow notes on a screen. I can use this as a controller. And I just stared at it going, I didn't learn any chords. I don't know what these notes are. What is happening? Yeah, I the the novelty of it. I, I, I'm... It's like in The Simpsons again. It was like, wow, a blue car. I'm so easily <laughs> impressed. The point blank guns were great, but so were the kind of time crisis guns as well. Because they Yeah, had all the light guns. Uh, they did it quite well with the Nintendo Wii where they, they made a gun thing that they remote fit into. Mm. And I remember playing, oh, I remember playing No More Heroes and the ga- character has a sword. So you're just running around hacking with your Wiimote. Mm. But at one point he takes a phone call and the speaker in the, in the Wiimote starts speaking. So you're walking around holding the Wiimote to your head, <laughs> continuing to play the game, and you realize, this is also my sword. If anyone attacks me now, I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah, the, I think that the last section for me is just the novelty of arcade-style bullshit. Like, the light guns, the point-blank ones. The fact that I would go as far as to buy a guitar, the cable, and the game to play that one game mm. um, shows that I was like, yeah, we'll do some random bullshit here. Sure, a lot of people would have picked up Guitar Hero as well as kind of one of their favorite controllers as well. I still Oh, yeah, Guitar Hero from time to time. Like, um, I, I don't own it, but like, anytime I see someone has it, I'm always like, oh, come on, can we put this on? It's just a great little novelty. Like, I think, I think novelty- it is backwards compatible, isn't it, with Xbox? And I think they said the the accessories should work. Really? So I must have that rock band drum kick going again. Yeah. yeah, it was a fun, it was a fun couple of summers when everybody, every college and everybody's house had just. W- a few of these things around so many house parties where everyone's trying to find a song that everyone knows because <laughs> it's no fun to play a song that you just don't know and even with the wii it had so many kind of random kind of add-ons for the controller as well i remember i bought was it zelda's crossbow training or something like that and it came with all yes. the kind of weird attachments and then you had the first person shooter attachments and like you said you could get weird sword attachments oh the mario kart wheel of course i think rory used that did he or was that you or we did use that for a long ass time that we just would have a bunch of those lying around. And then I would sit right up next to the TV so I could use my GameCube controller. I was like, well, I mean, I'll have the least amount of fun. I don't get to use the cool wheel. <laughs> I hate having oh. the wheel because it's like, it's just non-intuitive at all. It's like, this is really hard to control. I hate it. And the one thing I hate is when everyone insists on playing with the wheel and you actually have the nunchucks is that because you can wipe the floor with them. Yeah. Sensitivity. <laughs> no, everyone has to use the wheel. It's like, I don't want to use the wheel. So, won't you take us home there, Brian, with your choice? Yeah, save the best for last, guys. Um, oh, yeah. Country roads take me <laughs> bit home. Of a, bit of a random one here, um, but I genuinely love this controller. It's the FAT controller for the Sega Saturn. I imagine very few people actually know what this is. I'm actually going to have to Google this. Oh, you don't know this? Oh, my God. (laughs) Think of the six-button Mega Drive controller you guys were describing earlier. Then turn it into a circle about the size of a saucer that you'd put a a cup of tea on. um, And stick this ridiculously big uh, circular analog thumbstick on the top left of it. And that's the Sega Saturn. Oh, my God. This thing was great, right? Like so This thing looks it, mental. It came, it came with a game called Nights into Dreams, which is this really trippy game where you're uh you're this creature that lives in these kids' dreams flying around helping them escape their nightmares. But the whatever about the game, the controller was incredible. You could use it on any Saturn game and it would work with the analog. So all the racing games, all of the um the platform games would all work with the 
with the analog controller. It had this cool thing where if you turned it upside down, it looked like the Enterprise. From <laughs> <laughs> um, a little bit. The six buttons, as you guys were saying earlier, it was the perfect way to play fighting games. Like this was the best controller I've ever used for playing things like Street Fighter or X Men versus Street Fighter. Right? Those kind of games. It's outside of a proper arcade stick. It looks like somebody took the arcade system and was like, well, how do people play fighting games? It's like a joystick and six buttons on a completely flat surface. It's like, well, let's just translate that. It's like, this couldn't have been uh, comfortable yeah, to f- hold. It's got, it's it got triggers as well. It's actually it triggers crazy top, yeah. to see it with triggers. Yeah, wow. I'm, I'm, I bet it's fine. I bet it's one of those ones again where you don't look down. You just find yourself... You don't look be, down. Be able to use it. it was the precursor then to the Dreamcast controller. It's basically the same as the Dreamcast controller without the VMU unit thing at the top and with a few extra buttons on the face. Surprisingly comfortable to hold. Uh, miles ahead of its time, in my opinion. It came out shortly after the N64 uh, came out in Europe. Uh, it was like Sega's answer to the N64 controller. And in my opinion, just a hell of a lot more comfortable to use than that crazy tripod of a thing. I wonder how hard it is to kind of get these. Do you still have one of these? I still have my one of these, yeah. Somebody has a USB adapter for it somewhere, and there's somebody sitting playing uh, Nights into Dreams emulator right now, being like, this was the pinnacle. (laughs) This was the high point of gaming. (laughs) For some reason, it just reminds me of the iq i think it was called ique where it was like an n64 console that you just it's like a controller that you just plug into your tv and play n64 games i think it was like a china or japan exclusive or something like that but the controller just reminds me of that where it does look very enterprise-ish can you can you Uh, answer me this brian what's the uh like uh, if you can go from memory i don't know if you can see a picture of it now but there's a little button on the very bottom of the controller that has like a a plus and a circle yeah what does that do there's a little that that's a little switch and that switches it from d-pad to analog mode Oh, that's great. I was so going to say that's one of, the, one, one, of the the in, one of them is turn it off. <laughs> and what you said a minute ago there, Johnny, about uh, arcade, I think that's where they, they got the idea from this from, because quite a lot of the, the big games on the Saturn were arcade conversions of Sega arcade machines. So I think they were trying to find the best way to, to play all of those when they put them in the home, and, and this was the way to do it. Super good. Mm. That was a neat little nice. surprise. Thank you, Brian. It looks like the only one that if I put it on my lap and used it trying to do like a... a hands on top of it as though I was using it like an arcade game, it would still work quite well because there's enough surface area to like keep it steady. Yeah, I would often hold it with like normal on the left hand and then almost like your right hand flat on top of it so you could press the buttons like an arcade. Uh, So you'd like be hitting it with your index fingers like that rather than using your thumbs. You could switch, switch around. So if we had to choose a winner for this episode, lads, what do you think it would be? Oh, I... There's no way to beat it. It's the boring Xbox. Xbox. The boring, yeah, Xbox, boring Xbox, Xbox or amazing GameCube, which everybody loves and is the best. No, fair enough. Okay, I mean, we'll, it's, it's... we'll just leave it at that because that's a nice answer. <laughs> oh, brilliant. It's I think definitely that's not a PlayStation controller, that's for sure. Somebody get your Xbox controller and I'll get my one of my existing old GameCube ones and we'll play a game of Conkers and just see which one can destroy the other one. I'll put the Switch Pro controller and then I'm sure that'll win anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll join my Nokia 3210. Okay, you win. I think that's about all the time we have for anyway. Ray, why don't you tell the people where can we find you? What have you got going on? Yes, for those who don't know, I also have a podcast called Screen 17 with Eddie and Rob, two friends of mine, where we talk about all the entertainment of big screens and small screens and maybe even some news that happens on there. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other podcast places as Screen 17 Podcast. 
Very nice. Uh, what about yourself there, Mr. Brian? Thanks, Clive. Yeah, I I'm, I write books. Um, I have a website, brianleadersbooks.com. My first book is discounted at the moment on Amazon. It's two quid. Check it out. It's called Tome. And like the lovely Johnny here, I work on the fantastic Star Trek Fleet Command mm-hmm. on iOS and mobile. Give it a download. It's free. And try it out. See all of my uh, shenanigans from uh, messing around with the Star Trek universe on there. Very nice. If you haven't checked out any of Brian's books, guys, definitely make sure you do. It's about Tome. You checked it out. Um, oh, sorry. Nice yeah. Yeah. Nice doesn't make sense when <laughs> you go to the website. I'll get you to ghostwrite the next one, Clive. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. And uh, how about yourself there, Johnny? Why don't you tell us where you can find you? Yeah, I'm starting my world tour uh, uh, this evening, so I'm going to be going from door to door, just shaking hands, making sure I see as many people as possible. Just big hugs, lots of lots of lots of kind of fun stuff. Um, I'm Pyramid Header on Instagram. Uh, hear me every every second Tuesday talking about pop culture stuff on the Dystropia podcast with friend of the show me and Glennon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a horror series on YouTube at the moment called Sleepy Valley uh, on the run up to Halloween. I don't know when this is coming out, but uh, yeah, I'll I'll. I'm trying to drive myself mad uh, by creating creepy videos, which have already started giving me auditory hallucinations in real life. So that's fun. I really like that series. It's it's so weird actually seeing locations in Sligo that you're talking about that I'm actually familiar with as well. I was like, oh, how much of this is I, true? <laughs> Question mark. I told, like, a re- <laughs> I told a really creepy story about a former asylum in Sligo and someone got in touch with me to like, give me more details and i was like i thought i made some of that up <laughs> they're like no no that happened and i was like oh god i'll uh, definitely check that out it is one of the sleeper hits of the year so definitely hey. definitely check that out uh you can find myself on instagram and twitter using clivesore but don't forget you can also find the podcast here on instagram using at sidequest heroes where you can follow all of our video game related shenanigans there post some comments and do let us know what kind of topics he likes to cover in future because we're really struggling right now because, I mean, we had to get Brian and Johnny back because we're just struggling for ideas. So please do let us know some ideas for topics in the future. Thank you very much, guys, for joining us. Thank you again, Brian, Johnny, for being the first ever returning guests to our show. Returning champions. And I'm sure it won't be the last. Anyway, see you, lads. Bye-bye. Cheers, everyone. See you later.